And once again, the world of NFTs does not cease to move forward. And, uh, Joel Com back here on the Nifty Show, along with my co-host, the one and only Riles. Hey, how's it going? Looking particularly colorful today, sir. Yellow as always. <laughs> Which, by the way, you would happen to know is my favorite color. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I didn't really make that connection before, but there you go. Coincidentally, I dig it. And uh, I think all y'all are going to dig what's going on today because it is a collision of real world gaming, physical gaming with digital as desktop, tabletop RPGs meet NFTs. That rhymes. And it all happens in a place called The Glimmering. The company is Gripner, G-R-I-P-N-R. And they are coming out with a game called The Glimmering. Wait till you find out who these guys are and what they have done, especially if you are a tabletop RPG fanatic. We have with us Mr. Stephen Radney McFarland and Mr. Brent McCrossan, co-founders, developers, and uh, chief cooks and bottle washers at Gripner. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome to the Monkey Show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Glad that you're here. So let's talk about your backgrounds before we get into what it is you're doing now, because this is going to be especially exciting for people such as Riles, who are big fans of uh, tabletop RPGs. Yeah, I'm happy to, to kick it off. Again, thanks for having us out today. Um, <clears throat> yeah, my background is predominantly uh, media technology startups. I had a company I still do called Audio Socket, which is a music licensing platform. And um, after that, we spun out some technologies we patented for kind of audio um, media tracking, right, for both copyright protection as well as um, kind of audience measurement stuff. And then about three years ago, I started working as the managing director of uh, Revelry Startup Studio. So Revelry, the core company, is a dev shop, 70 people building software for other companies. And Startup Studio was us identifying problems, ideating on solutions, and creating companies for ourselves. And uh, through that Startup Studio, uh, one of my dear friends, Patrick Comer, uh, came to us with this idea for tabletop role-playing games on the blockchain, asked that the studio, we kind of run it through our validation process. And we spent quite a bit of time on it. And the more I got into it, the more excited I got. And we said, look, we'll, we'll support this. We'll help you. Um, do it. We'll spin it out as a co-founder. And he said, I was hoping to hear you say that because I want you to run it. So I um, got tricked into running another media company and I'm having more fun than the law should allow. <laughs> and uh, Stephen, what about your background? Uh, my background is tabletop role-playing games. Uh, I started working professionally and full-time in the industry in 2000 for Wizards of the Coast on uh, organized play and with the release of third edition Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I worked there for about 10 years on both third edition and fourth edition D&D. Then I moved over to Paizo uh, Publishing and worked there for about 10 years. Uh, currently, um, or in, in the meantime, during the pandemic, I went out on my own. I did a lot of freelance working on my own game called Delve. And then I got the call from uh, Patrick and Brent and 
they told me about the project. It fit in very well with my skill set, not only with role-playing game design, but also there's an organized play element uh, there as well. And I have um, a lot of knowledge and, and, and thoughts on that. And so it was a it was a great fit. We've been doing this for nearly a year now. It's going to be a year in December that I, I that I started on the with the company. And it's you know as Brett says, it's just a great time. It's a it, it's a fun project. It's an exciting project. Now it, it may be good to lay a little bit of groundwork because while we have an audience of of nerds that we absolutely adore, there might not be as huge of an overlap between that kind of nerd and the kind of nerd that plays tabletop role playing. So perhaps sure. you could sort of give your own description of what tabletop role-playing is and what it is that you you've got this experience in yeah absolutely uh tabletop role-playings basically started in 1974 with the release of dungeons and dragons um and has splintered off dungeons and dragons of course is hugely successful anyone who doesn't know what ttrpg is knows what DD is um and uh, and over the years, it's morphed, it's changed. So there's a bunch of games in every kind of single sort of genre. I used to work on the Star Wars role-playing game at Wizards of the Coast um, as well. So just about, it, it, you sit around a table, virtual or otherwise, uh, you roll some dice, uh, you go on bold adventures and sort of make fun of each other's imaginary friends. That's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> So Riles and I are actually, uh, we've been in a campaign here uh, in Puerto Rico with some friends, and uh, I've enjoyed the thrills of uh, being a, a herringon uh, named, uh, named Will Pop. He's got a little bit of a British accent. i great fun with that. It, it has been great fun. But let's, let's bring all of this information together and, and talk about the glimmering, because what, what exactly is this that you've, you've got this amazing looking website for? Uh, sure. The Glimmering is, uh, I, we call it a world, a campaign. It's basically a storyline using uh, uh, the five ed- fifth edition rules um, through the open game license, which allows other publishers to use the basic rules and present their own games and, and everything else. So the Glimmering is set in the world of Azua in a section of it called the Moonstone Empire. Um, characters... Uh, uh, our heroes, as it were, each have an NFT. Um, we just launched our the, the first phase of our Genesis Collection NFTs. You're going to play some games. You're going to advance and level. So your NFT is going to morph based on that play. On the world of light and, sh- oh, and wow. we have a trailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do actually. Let me. I want to. I'm going to hit it, and I want to. I'll mute it because I just want the visuals. Behind the world of light and shadow. I can't. Oh, it looks really cool, though. It is. Yeah. Uh, you know what, I'm, Chris? I'm going to have you uh, in post production, kind of just play that over here as the guys are talking because it looks really badass. And um, and as you go on adventures, you'll get you know you'll raise up and level just as if you would you know sitting in your friend's house uh, every weekend, and you'll get treasures, which will also be NFTs that you can you know collect and equip to your character. Or, trade and sell if you want so um it's it's a really interesting uh, web3 has given us uh tools that i always wish i had back when i worked in organized play uh back in my early days of of working in game design and so in a lot of ways this is like fulfilling a dream that i've had for about 20 years now 
now just so that so that we have a perfect understanding of what the glimmering is um tell tell me when or if i'm wrong when i reiterate this back to you sure the glimmering is a setting that you have built for dungeons and dragons fifth edition that anybody can play and you have these nft heroes that can serve as player characters when you talk about these characters going on adventures is that in reference to people playing fifth edition in the glimmering setting or is there some other functionality that that might be referring to no that's exactly right uh you would you would play fifth edition in the way that you would normally play it either online through a virtual tabletop or zoom and theater of the mind you can play it you know you can get together a group of buddies and play it in a house um uh, you you will basically sanction those events. You will report those events, and then you'll get your loot. So you set up a, a form of sort of informally organized play where you can have groups of friends getting together to play in the glimmering with these NFT characters, but then they come back and and report the results of their adventures and campaigns. Uh, for to to what end is there is there a progression system for the characters? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the same kind of progression system you, you would expect. You raise up in levels. Um, as you go up in levels, that will be reflected on your NFT. Um, you'll like we've got a level on there. As soon as you reach second, your your character will now be a second level, and and so on. So, it's um, uh, you know, it's basically a, a way for you to make the the kind of stuff that goes on in your game table on paper this is a way to track it through through the chain which is a really great idea right it's it's an excellent use of blockchain technology because it's the ultimate database uh you know and, and it's just um it's immutable and uh it's a perfect ledger now i see here that your nfts uh are on polygon so that means gas fees are relatively insignificant uh, speed is a little bit faster. Are there any other reasons that you decided to go with Polygon? Uh, one of the primary reasons is that all the data for our player character, our hero NFTs, is on-chain. And it needs to be, right? Because <clears throat> as you play the game, uh, the game outcomes impact your character and your character's stats uh, start to change over time. And <clears throat> at the end of the gameplay, all of those outcomes are logged back onto the blockchain. So when we were building the project, our CTO, Luke, and we spent a lot of time, we had a lot of internal debate on the right chain to build on. And ultimately, one of the main reasons we went with Polygon was because doing it on, on an L1, like Ethereum, and reporting uh, game outcomes back to the chain every time a game concludes would just be so prohibitively expensive that even the most wealthy among us would never play it, right? So with Polygon, to your earlier comment, Joel, <clears throat> the gas is almost free. Right. I mean, it's it's pennies um, to do these types of transactions on that uh, the polygon chain. I love the attitude on the website. What began with a party of five is now a crew of 23. We'll continue to kidnap great people to help build our technology. Find <laughs> on our work, design the game experience world and foster a global community of adventurers and NFT enthusiasts. See, this is the promise of NFTs that we look for in the projects we want to feature because you're not just a you're not a group of guys who are like hey there's money in nfts let's make some and build something around it no no you guys have been building epic stuff that people love that is time tested and proven 
for years now and you're finding a way to marry web three in this nft world to make those experiences better that's exactly it Absolutely. I mean, it also has some other benefits as well. Like I've worked in the tabletop RPG industry for a number of years. We can put together uh, more progressive royalty structures for not only our artists and our designers. Um, there could be a lot of value just for the GMs that spend a lot of time, you know, crafting and presenting adventures. And uh, and so there's a monetization aspect for creators and participants um, that is, in in my opinion, pretty brilliant that we can latch onto. So, pertaining specifically to the the use case that that we're after here, which is recording, immortalizing the adventures of a character on the blockchain, and, and including with that that character's progress. You mentioned on the website that even the most common character NFTs can become more valuable through play, but what is to stop somebody from somehow cheesing or exploiting the system and power leveling themselves to 20 faster than should be possible? Well, uh, we're designing basically a system that uh, has fraud prevention built within it. So uh, basically, if we see sort of fraudulent play patterns, we'll go and investigate. The other thing is uh, we get to basically gatekeep, you know, the amount of adventures that come out over uh, over time. And so we can help with that progression as well, which gives, you know, folks who maybe are busy within the course of a month, a, a, a good amount of time to, to catch up as it were. Um, we're also having aspects of it that allow individual creators and GMs to come into the system. So, so we're all building to prevent that type of fraud. That's good to know. Uh, go ahead, Zach. Uh, yeah, I, I want to know sorry, if, you're, Riles. if you're able to show us uh, some of the tools that have been built for GMs and players or, or what the roadmap is for those utilities being released. Yeah, the roadmap for that is, is near term. So all of the UI and the UX designs for the play on chain platform and interface have already been built. And now the tech team is working on all the back end. So I don't have the ability to like pull up those designs right now. I don't think and share them with my screen. Uh, we could certainly share them with you after the fact. If you wanted to post production slide some in there, you could. Um, but the way that you know, if I can explain it to you and you know, visualize <clears throat> the way that the platform works, the initial uh, you know kind of grand door opens and you enter the hall, and that hall is a place where you as a player can connect your wallet. You can see your your player your hero NFTs. You can attach your certain equipment to it. You can look at, um, from there, you can look at tables that are open. Who is the game master that's at that table and going to run that game? What time is that game going to run? What kind of content are they running? And what other players may have already booked a seat at that table for next Sunday at you know 6 p.m.? And you can also uh, peruse those other players' NFTs. Who are they? What characters are they intending to play with? How are those characters equipped, et cetera, right? I, you know, as I'm looking here at the uh, the characters, the you know the archetypes um, are popping out all over the place, and I, I feel like I've missed the minting of these. Is it is it minted out, or can you still? Mint you didn't these? miss it entirely. You missed phase one, right? So it's it's a ten thousand collection, and what we did on Friday is we offered just a hundred for minting 
to our most kind of active community members. So really, we've already, Stephen has already created games that you can play now. Obviously, it's all done off off chain, right? But he's built a number of adventures in the world, one called Tower of Power, the other one called A Dark and Stormy Night. So the people in our community that have already kind of uh, interacted with those adventures that Stephen created, we gave them access to Mint First. And the logic behind that was we need people to kind of play test the UI, right? And the, the platform itself. And if we minted out a 10,000 collection to let's call it 3000 people, our ability to do that beta testing and a really white glove, you know, extremely cared for uh, type of service was gonna be nearly impossible. So phase one opened Friday and sold out pretty much immediately. Um, and we will be opening another phase later this year to add in more you know, testers of the system with the full mint out objective being around February, which is probably perfectly timed to, uh, I know D and D has a new movie that's coming out in March, right? So it's not intended to be like just for that purpose, but that's kind of how we see the timeline of the full 10,000 collection rolling out. And what you're seeing in the complexity of the artwork, right? It's what's different about this project compared to a lot of what we're used to seeing is that this world has eight ancestries and 12 different classes. So all the artwork looks completely different, right? A human from an orc obviously needs to look different. And <clears throat> it's hand-drawn. Uh, and what's really mind-blowing to me is that there are 43,000 individual hand-drawn assets that make up this collection, right? Wow. Um, our lead artist is a guy that goes by Angry Blue. His real name is Justin. His work is hanging in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Melvin's Foo Fighters, Metallica, like pretty much any concert poster you've seen, he's probably done one for that band. Uh, his right-hand man, Ami Graficon, also very much in the kind of rock and roll art side of illustration. And then the lead colorist is a guy named John, who is credited on pretty much every Marvel and DC comic that's rolled out over the last decade. And at the height of this, when we we're starting to create the visual assets, I mean, first we just hired Justin thinking he could do it. And within 48 hours, he's like, absolutely not. There's no way <laughs> you're shipping this product with this complexity anytime with just me. So we brought on Omni Graphicon and John. And then at the height of all the art creation, at one point we had eight artists on staff that were, it was like a, it was almost like a factory. Again, 43,000 hand-drawn assets. Uh, it was extremely complex. My friend Gerard that runs, you know, owns Revelry, the startup studio that I managed and we spun this out of, he called me one day. He's like, there's no way that the computers are gonna be able to generate these layers. It's way too complex. And on Friday night around 11 o'clock after we sold out phase one, I sent him a text and reminded him how wrong he was. <laughs> but I was worried because this is not easy stuff to do. I mean, you're looking no. at it, you get a sense, right? This is ambitious. You know, if you're listening to the audio version, make sure you go to, uh, the Bad Crypto podcast channel that's got both Bad Crypto and Nifty Show episodes on there. So you can see some of this artwork or just go to theglimmering.com forward slash collection where you can see the NFTs. These are not your traditional profile pictures, right, that are just front facing or just the head looking sideways. These are characters that are fleshed out in action that look like they're in action, right? They're not just looking at you. They're, they're doing something. There's combat taking place. They're getting ready to... Uh, you know, clash swords or fire off some spells. So mm -hmm. if somebody want, they, nobody's missed this, then they can jump in here by going to theglimmering.com 
and uh, join your Discord or your your uh, Twitter. I see the price of them was just what two hundred fifty Matic. That's uh, not right. bad for one of these beautiful pieces. Yeah, it was priced at two fifty Matic. So on Friday, that was about two hundred USD. Uh, yeah, and the easiest way to get involved is like you said, go first check out the project on the glimmering com, <clears throat> then enter the community. And if you want to mint, I mean, ultimately what we're trying to do is optimize for people who want to play the game because that's what we're building. We're building a Web3 gaming company and optimizing more for those folks and pure collectors versus just pure speculators. So the number one way to be guaranteed access to the next mint phase is to show up and play the one shot that Steven created called uh, Tower of Power. It only takes an hour to run. It's super easy. And more importantly, it's extremely fun. Whether you've never played tabletop games before or if you're a lifelong fanatic um and when you show up and when you play then you get instant access to the phase that comes next one hour in the tower of power riles i'll let you wrap it up here with uh, one final brilliant question oh i have less of a question more of an observation because I've, I've noticed that this has been the rare instance where we've gotten to ask more questions that pertain to the actual use case of this Web3 projects than questions pertaining to how it's an NFT and what chain it's on. And of course we got that information, but it's nice to be able to spend more time focusing on what the real value and real utility of this thing is. It, it makes it stand out as a project that's been developed in this space. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm I'm here. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, I mean, that that's coming from a lifelong gamer there who uh, who's passionate about building games in web three that are fun first and mm -hmm. um so that's what you guys are doing thanks so much for for coming on and sharing with us today we really appreciate it hey thanks uh, for I, your time welcome back from vacation yeah, yeah. thanks, <laughs> thanks. I, I can't help but think that uh that we may need to run through the tower of power ourselves the two of i think us. so I, if you have our contact information if you hit me up i will personally make that happen i'm sure Stephen would be happy to support that effort too absolutely That's just well, uh, don't here. don't send me a nasty email when your character dies guys green room for just a second as we finish up here uh riles i have a quest for you you are in a maze of twisty passages and only one of them leads to the exit what are you gonna do i don't want to get eaten by a grew can can i think about this <laughs> or keep it nifty yeah keep it nifty looking into the future what do we see it's lined with digital collectibles we call them nfts games trading cards digital art and those crypto kitties joel and zach are the hosts you'll know joel and zach say this will blow the loaded, so ready, set, go! It's the nifty, really kind of spiffy, the nifty.